This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. Hallelujah. How many, how many, how many, how many, how many can say that God's been good to them? I don't know. Y'all don't sound like y'all believe that y'all self. How many can say that God's been good to them? My God. After all of these years, that doesn't just pertain to you and your situation. Let's just think of the goodness of, of what God has done in this congregation through all of these years. 245 years, a church built in the midst of slavery by slaves four slaves, the original FUBU. Do you, not, do you not understand how good God has been to us? My God. Amen. Thank you, Brother Akeem. Thank you. Thank you, praise team. Get a praise team a hand. Yes, Lord. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Daniel and Aaron, I'm not forgetting y'all either. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Amazing job. Amazing job. Man, thank the, the angel of this house, Pastor Tillman, for allowing me the opportunity to stand before the congregation and give what God has given unto me to pass on to you. But believe you me, there's not a word that God has given unto me that it didn't deal with me first. So it started here. And I thank God for it. So uh, I won't hold you guys long prayerfully. But I'm moving by the Spirit, not by Derek. Asking God to push Derek completely aside and have his way. That he may give you all the word that you may not just hear, but a word that you may be able to apply immediately in your life. And our scripture today comes from Colossians, the third chapter, the 12th through the 17th verses, which have been read two times for your hearing, and we'll do it one more time. And it reads, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. So you may also forgive, oh, excuse me, so you must also forgive. And above all, put on these. And above all these, put on love, excuse me which binds everything together in perfect harmony. 
and let the peace of Christ rule your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for mercy. We thank you for grace. And most importantly, Lord, we thank you for the peace that surpasses all understanding, which guards our heart. We ask you, Lord, to have your way in this place. We thank you for what you've done in this worship experience. And we ask, Father God, that you continue your work, even as you use me as a willing vessel, dear God. Continue to cut away the callous places of my heart and every individual under the sound of my voice and every individual that comes along this broadcast on the web. So, Father, do what you do. You've, 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 you've created us in righteousness by the saving grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I just ask you, Lord, to have your way. So, Lord, we just thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and most importantly, what you will do in our lives. Bless us as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On yesterday, I finally had a day of ability to be able to relax, phone not ringing all day, and I used it wisely. I sat down, I watched some shows on television, and I even watched a movie that I had watched a, while, a few years ago. And the name of that movie is called I can only imagine. Now this movie is a story of faithfulness, forgiveness, and fruitfulness. You know, personally, I've learned that all three, all three aspects are critical in our Christian walk. Now in this movie, Bart Miller, who is the lead singer for a band called Mercy Me, a Christian band called Mercy Me, and his dad had a tumultuous relationship. His dad was mad at God because he had lost the one thing that he loved more than God, and that was football. But did y'all get what I said, though? The one thing that he loved more than God. He began to take his anger out on everyone that was close to him, including his one and only son. This led his son to resent and caused, caused him to leave. Now fast forward a bit, his dad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and Bart, now a full-time musician, his life was falling apart as well. Bart discovered that he needed to work through his anger towards his dad and returned home to find a transformed father. Unable to accept the person because of all of the past hurt, Bart shunned his dad. Finally, Bart saw where he was falling short and unable to do what God had called him to do, and that was write music. Finally, he forgave his dad, and after his dad's death, 
to pancreatic cancer, he was able to write one of the biggest gospel hits ever. Now, as I studied for this message, and as I, I went back and I, I did a little bit of, of research, a little reading on, on the book of Colossae, and I found out that the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church at Colossae, or to FAB. Now today, this area is, is located in Turkey, over in Europe. The, the, the main roads uh, for, it was, it, was one of, it was on one of the main roads for trade. Therefore, this was a large and wealthy city for many years. Cities like Laodicea, which was about 10 miles away, grown, grow, grew a lot later and they grew a lot faster than Colossae. So they, they took most of the, the, the wealth from Colossae. But at the time this letter was written, Paul was in prison. He was writing to this less important city. I bet the words of this letter were much easier to receive than what we, what we, uh, and, uh, what we feel so is less important. The apostle is writing this letter to the church at Colossae, whose leader, uh, the pastor, was Epaphras. Now, Epaphras had visited Paul in prison and talked about the young church. The Christians had begun to listen to false teachers. Paul worried that the Christians would turn away from the true gospel and adopt a feel-good message. Therefore, he wrote them to remind them about Jesus Christ and his true message. Paul wrote, wrote about Christ in this letter more than he did any other letter to any other church. Now, can you imagine the report that Paul must have gotten from Epaphras? Now, Epaphras comes to visit Paul in prison, but Epaphras more than likely told Paul, that they were dealing in sexual immorality, they were dealing with impurity, they were dealing with passion, they were dealing with evil desires, covenantness, and idolatry. Wow. So I can imagine that when Paul got this report, that he was just blown away. Now this was a young church. And not only was it a young church, but he knew that there would be issues because if you, you guys forget, he wrote to the Corinthians as well, which was a young church, and they were dealing with some of the same issues because they were a port city as well. Now, being a port city, they had a, a wealth of, well, a lot of people that came through, and a lot of money came through these cities as well. So, when, 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 I, when I broke it down, though, I, I found out that, that faith was the first thing that, that Paul wanted to cover, and then, of course, he would cover fruit, forgiveness, and then finally, he would cover fruitfulness. Now, faith. Now, verse 13 tells us that these were God's chosen people. So if they were God's chosen people, then they shouldn't have issues with, with covetedness and idolatry and all of those things, right? Because Christians are perfect, right? No. Uh, Christians are perfect. And they believe everything that God says, right? I'm, I'm, I'm just asking. I, I mean, I need a little help this morning because 
I'm, I'm confused. I thought, I thought Christians were actually perfect. I thought Christians didn't make mistakes. Okay, all right, well, all right. So, now, but Paul, when he writes this letter, he tells them that they are God's chosen. So, but back in verse 1, he actually, he goes, he goes a little bit deeper than just God's chosen. Because when he wrote verse 1, he says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. So, now Paul is, is talking to God's chosen people. And as he's speaking to God's chosen people, he is telling them, that they're seated in the heavenly places with Christ. Now, if I'm seated in the heavenly places with Christ, then that means that my faith should be on par. That means that I shouldn't have a worry in the world. But they forgot the humanistic aspect. Because this was the reason why Epaphras went to Paul. He went to Paul because he was struggling with the understanding that, hey, look, these are God's people. Hey, we've been taught. We should be stronger than what we are. But he understood that if his message wasn't getting through, then he needed a little bit of help. So he went to see the apostle. And when he went to see the apostle, the apostle gave him some advice. The apostle said, okay, well, here, I don't want to just tell you these things. I'm going to actually write these things down to you. And then he wrote them down to him. And so, not only that, but he had, he had to go through and give him the understanding of what it meant to be seated in the heavenly places with Christ. Because as believers, we know that the Bible tells us that we're seated in the heavenly places, but do we have an understanding of what it really means to be seated in the heavenlies with Christ? That means you're sitting in Christ's lap. That means that he is in constant intercession for you. If he's in constant intercession for you, then what should we worry about? Huh? Our faith should be on point, shouldn't it? Because number one, we said that he died. We believe he died. We believe that he was resurrected. So if we say that and, we, and God tells us that we're seated in the heavenly places with him, then that should be a catalyst to push us in our faith. That should be an opportunity for us to understand that, hey, look, if I'm seated in the heavenlies and I believe what the Bible says, that I can do these things and more in Christ Jesus, then it should not be operating in that. I mean, that... that that's just me. And, and, and in this case, you can't shoot the messenger. But he, he let them know where they were seated and that they were to seek the things above. The separation between the world and the heavens. Because it, the, the Bible t also tells us that things are on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. So that's the way that we should be related. And so because we're seated in the heavenly realms with Christ, we have to put on kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Hold on, I, I might need to stop there for me. 
just, just for me. I, I don't know about y'all, but I might need to stop there for me. Because this whole patience thing, whoo, Jesus, I need some work. And I'm not even going to lie. Some days I just, I just don't have it in me. But some days I am as patient as they come. But eat. But even still, even when I don't have it, that's what the Holy Spirit is telling me, is that you're fine because I died for that too. So if I'm, if I'm not going to beat myself up, because see, this is where the enemy, and, and, and let, me, let me just help a little bit, because this is where the enemy gets to work hard. When we do something, and then we say, oh my God, and we just continue to beat ourselves up, over and over and over again, that's where the enemy gains foothold. And then that's where he makes the situation worse and worse and worse. And so, but if we understand that when Jesus died on the cross, for us it was all future sins. But if he died for all of our sins, yes, we do have to go back and apologize when we hurt somebody. But God has already covered that. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does within us. Because he's going to let us know, hey, look, man, that wasn't of me. And because that wasn't of me, then now I can go back and I can say, hey, uh, Sister Emma, I apologize. Hey, Pastor Tillman, I apologize. Mr. Sabosia ain't apologizing to you because you was just talking about me. <laughs> hey, Brother Dobson, I apologize. And I can keep moving forward because that's what seated in the heavenly realms with Christ is one thing about Christ he never went backwards except for one time in the garden of Gethsemane when he knew what was about to happen and the torment and the torture that he would take but yet and still he says not my will but your will be done two forgiveness now verse 13 tells us Bearing with one another. If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must. So you must. So you must. I, I made sure I get everybody. So you must also forgive. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Forgiveness is not a requirement, is it? Amen, amen. And this is the thing. It says forgiveness requires the love of Christ. The love of Christ binds everything together, bringing peace and harmony. It binds everything together. So, Davida, does, does Instagram bring peace? Does Snapchat bring peace? So, we may want to monitor our time on those things. And if we're, Facebook, we, we don't look at Facebook no more. 
but 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 here's here's the whole thing though, is that what we're what we're understanding. But you're absolutely right, Sister Byers. What we have to understand is is anything that disturbs our peace. It is not of God. Because that's what Isaiah 53 tells us. Is that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his what? By his stripes we're healed. So we should have peace in every single thing that we do. So if it interrupts your peace, then that's something that you may need to check and see if this is something that you really need to be doing. And that's, that's where, that's, this is, this is the, the road to transformation because, uh, Pastor, we're, we're, we're on reconciliation. And what reconciliation means? To be completely changed. Even though we don't like to use that word changed, we like to use the word transformed. Because what happens when you're transformed, you can't go back. A caterpillar can become a butterfly, but it can't become a caterpillar again, right? Absolutely. So because I can't go back, that means that it's all speed ahead. That we're moving forward once we're reconciled to whom? Christ Jesus, our Lord. And then finally, fruitfulness. Now, verse 16 says, let the word of Christ in you richly in you richly teaching and admonishing, richly dwell in you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in our heart. Songs, hymns, spiritual songs with thankfulness in our heart. And, and, and I think that, that as a body of believers... This is the thing that we struggle with the most. Because y'all do know that church is preparation for you to meet the unbeliever where they are. Church, the forsake not the assembling and gathering ourselves together is for the believer. So when the believer comes in, the believer, even though they're equipped because they have the Holy Spirit within them, because they're in Christ, when they leave this place, they're even better and ready to go and do the work of the Lord. And, and, and it's crazy because Paul used the word dwell. Now, dwell means to live in or at a specific place. To inhabit. It means to inhabit. Populate or abide. Inhabit. God inhabits the praises of his people. The Holy Spirit inhabits or he lives in and within us. And that's the difference that we have. Is that we have the Holy Spirit so that when we go forth, we can give a word from the Lord without even working hard or digging in to even get it. Because remember, we're seated in the heavenly places, one. Number two, 
the Holy Spirit, which is within us, because of Christ's intercession, leads us to all understanding. Every single place that we go, he is with us. And that's the crazy part because a lot of us, a lot of me, I'm going to talk about other people, a lot of me, when we have issues or when we have fallen into a sin, we try to separate that from God. Do you not know that that's impossible? He said he will never leave you nor forsake you. And when I say never, I do mean never, ever, 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 ever leave you nor forsake you. Because when you go into it, he's there with you. And most of the time, he's going to protect you through it. Where the enemy was looking to kill you in that situation. He brought you through. And that's why we have to understand that these three pillars, faithfulness, forgiveness, and fruitfulness, are all a part of God's plan for each and every one of us. Not only are, are they already in us because of who Christ is, but they're available to everyone that have not come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's what we have to believe. Because if we don't believe that as believers, then will we share this with anyone else? Because I promise you, when I believe strongly about something, I'm going to do everything in my power to convince everyone around me that this is what they should be doing as well. Pastor said we baptize every uh, we baptize every month. The past three months, we should be busting at the seams. We had 2020 a year of rest, whether you want it or not. Half of 2021 the same thing. 2022 we was just getting back in the groove. 2023. We should be full throttle. There should be no hesitation. Because we had the opportunity to sit in the comfort of our own homes without being bothered. And study the word of God. And if you didn't study, then it's okay too. We're praying for you as well. But then you also had the opportunity now to come back and put it into action. So now... There should be no question as to how often we're talking about the love of God. Because everybody that's sitting here didn't die of a disease. Everyone sitting here did not die of a disease. And so, so we have to have that understanding that we should be even more grateful to God because he brought us through where people were dying by the thousands daily. So the God that I serve brought me through. I don't know about the God that you serve, but the God that I serve brought me through. 
So how much more does that make me want to talk about this God that brought me through? Sister, Sister, Sister Robinson prayed. And when she was praying, I'm listening to her. I'm like, wow, she's just praying all in my message. But that's what the Spirit led her to pray. And when the Spirit led her to pray that, I'm just here to reiterate what the Spirit has already told all of you. I'm not telling you guys anything new. Nothing at all. But it's time out for us taking a back seat to the world. If we truly believe this God that is seated, that says that we are seated in the heavenlies. Not that we, not that we're just here dwelling and he's going to protect us from all dangers seen and unseen. But we're seated with him in the heavenlies. I recall even in the scriptures when John and uh, James and John asked, could they sit at the right and the left hand? He told them that they didn't know they, what they was asking for. They ended up dying for it, but they seated right now in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus. And, 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 and the, the sacrifice, the sacrifice that he made for all of us, that should be enough. So in closing, Bart, was not, Bart Miller was not raised in a traditional Christian home. His mother ensured that he had a foundation by dropping him off at youth camp. The craziest part why she dropped him off at youth camp was is because she was tired of being beaten and she was leaving his father and didn't want him to see it. But that became the biggest blessing of his life because he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior at that youth camp and started living for Christ the rest of his life. But unforgiveness, the unforgiveness that he harbored in his heart would not allow God to use him the way that he wanted to. He had to come home and deal with his past. This allowed him to have a relationship with his earthly father and draw closer to his heavenly father. He was asked in an interview, how long did it take you to write this song? His response, 10 minutes for the words and 10 minutes for the music. The interviewer stopped. No way. There is absolutely no way that you wrote this song in 10 minutes. And then responded, this song was a lifetime in the making. So God is using you to write a song or a book or whatever or a movie. Because the thing about being a Christian or proclaiming Christianity is that we're always being watched. And because you're always being watched or you're always being read because somebody is listening to what you're saying and they're repeating that to someone else. We have to understand that whereas it might have taken us 10 minutes to get in that mess. But that mess is going to follow us 
because of who we, whose we are. And when it follows us, the thing we have to do is we have to own it and we have to keep moving. So he said it took 10 minutes to write the song, 10 minutes to do the music. And the reporter said there was a lifetime. So now, each and every one of you, and especially you that are on, online, this is your opportunity. This is your chance to see Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If there's any in here that has not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, even though this song, I can only imagine, which I know most of you have probably heard before, this song wasn't just played on Christian networks. Even the, the pop, the secular um, networks, they were, people were re requesting it. It was number one even in those networks. And it's only because he didn't understand that everything that he went through purposed him for where he was going. And now, God is using a message like this to be able to purpose you for where you're going as well. Before I go into the sinner's prayer, I want to actually read you the lyrics to this song. So if you could, just take a second and take these lyrics in. It says, I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine then he goes into the chorus of, surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah, or will I be able to speak it all? I can only imagine. Can you imagine? Well, I'm going to give you two, two things to imagine. Imagine not being seated in the heavenly places with Christ. There's only one destination for you. And that's hell. But if you are seated in heavenly places with Christ, this is what you can carry with you in your heart every single day. Day. You can carry this in a manner where you're anticipating the second life. Where you're, you, 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 you're constantly thinking of, how am I going to feel? Will I be surrounded by your glory? Will I Will I sing or will I fall? Will I shout hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? Can you imagine? And I think that's something that we as adults struggle with. Because our imagination took us a lot of places that we never got to visit when we were kids. But now, 
we don't use our imagination enough. Because our imagination is what takes us through situations. Because even in the midst of those situations, you can place it in your mind that you're finished and how you come out on the other side. And when you place it in your mind of how you come out on the other side, you come out that way or better. So we've got to get to this point of, of, of trusting God and understanding that all of these things are necessary. For you online, I'm going to say the sinner's prayer give you an opportunity to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And it reads, well, repeat after me. Father, I have sinned. I have not been all that I should be. I'm sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for all my sins and rose from the grave. I am willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life and help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that you saved me. Thank you for saving me right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Gracious God, our Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for what our eyes have seen, what our ears have heard. We thank you for your glory. 
we thank you for your righteousness, Father, because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So, Father, even as we prepare to leave this place, of course, never your presence, we ask you, Lord, to bless each individual where they are, that whatever they may be going through, whatever they may, uh, with any disconference, any, any thoughts, Father God, that is coming up against your word, dear God, we cast out right now in the name of Jesus. We ask, Lord, that you, you bless them in their prospective workplaces all through this week. Bless those that are going to school. Bless the teachers. Bless the principals, the administration. Bless the school board, Father God. And allow them, Father God, to speak life into each and every one of those young individuals. And we ask you, Lord, to continue your work in us. Allow us to be all that you desire for us to be. And we may bring you glory, honor, and praise. Lord, we just, we just thank you. We thank you for everything, everything that you're doing. And we ask, Father God, that the love of Christ, may the love of God, the sweet, I mean, the grace of God, the love of Christ, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit would rest, rule, and abide henceforth and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.